What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. What's happening, Dr. Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman? How are you doing in your forehead shining glory there i mean it looks yeah, like kind of it's glory. great yeah, yeah let me see there i'll turn off my well, that didn't really help i turned off my webcam uh light but it didn't help <laughs> oh the lord yeah how are yeah, you doing doing, man? Well, doing well man yeah hey baseball's back right getting to getting to watch or at least listen to spring training games most days and uh and yeah, i'm not the, really the, a fan of the spring training i i feel like in the past you got to watch more uh yeah this time it seems like there's really only one televised in that early afternoon round and then one in the late afternoon and then you might get some radio stuff but they don't care about the astros anymore they're not on anything (laughs) no uh, the the rangers have been a little bit but it's it's not been um it is let me just say spring training thus far has not been promising uh for for what the season will now now by the time this airs so we're actually recording this couple of weeks before it's going to air maybe we we see uh maybe by the time this airs i'm eating crow and what i'm about to say but I'm, i'm not feeling real positive about the about the upcoming season but i'll tell you one thing that that it has been interesting. So they're doing spring training different this year. So there's a lot of six inning games, seven inning games, and uh, a manager can end the inning after 20 pitches, regardless of how many men are on base, regardless of how many outs there are. And, and I know at least once uh, Chris Woodward, the Rangers manager, ended the inning with two outs and the bases loaded because his, his pitcher hit the, the pitch count and he was like, all right, that's it. That's done. We're done. Come in. The yeah, you know, for, for y'all, like there should be like a mercy rule. Like maybe y'all can still carry that into the regular season. That might give y'all a shot. Uh, but, but Gallo looks pretty good this year. Uh, I got so far. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. anyway, Kyle, I also want to say happy anniversary to you. Um, it is not my anniversary. It is of one year of two weeks to slow the spread. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that is correct. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, We're coming right up because that was uh, the last time our church met in person uh, in March was uh, March 15th. So you're yeah. right. It has been. I, I remember that being the week from <laughs> hell. I think that was like the hardest week of ministry I've ever had. I've never gone from feeling like I'm a genius to I have no idea what I'm doing. Because it's one thing to go from, you know, Vision 2020 uh, sermon graphics and stuff like that. Like, I was pretty pumped about that. But I'm looking back at some of my memories of the weeks leading up to right now, and I'm like, dude, I have no idea. I had absolutely no idea what was coming. And then that particular week, if you remember, we went from in-person, and I think I even preached a sermon called The Gospel Virus. And I used like the Great Commission in the spread of the early church to say, you know, we virus is on our mind right now, but what if we spread the gospel like this virus, you know, and, and it was kind of corny, but our people loved it and was having a blast. And then like the next morning, I get the note that we are down to 100 in person uh, for mass gatherings, then 50, then 25, then 10 or whatever in one week. And then we did the drive-in 
And uh, so, so here we are a year later of that and our friends next door in Texas are wide open (laughs) and we were locked down until the rapture, man, we're going to be locked down until Jesus comes back. Yeah. So that's why I kind of chuckled at this uh, this deal that we saw on Lifeway Research because it says U.S. churchgoers say they're going to return post COVID, and I'm like, that's never going to happen in New Mexico because it's never going to be post COVID. We're never going to hit post COVID. We we are living in a COVID world. Cases a day, and we are still locked down, dude. I'm over it. Over it. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel, Matt. So, yeah, you know, and it's funny, you know, you, you mentioned that week in March and I think that's a week that, that for pastors and, and well, everybody, I mean, we're going to remember that, you know, we're going to remember um, those moments and, and especially for pastors where, where we were scrambling to come up with like plan D and then that fell apart because of the, the way government orders fell through. So um, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we never experience a week like that in, in our lives again, where uh, everything changed so drastically. Yeah. And I feel like for the most part, all, almost all of us, certainly the guys that we know really gave it a college try to figure it out. Let's be good citizens. Let's work with it. Let's roll with it. See what we can do. And, and I think at this point, a year in, I think especially a lot of our guys here in New Mexico are like, yeah, um, let's move on. <laughs> so, yep. Speaking of, there is some silver lining. And so whether or not we ever get to post-COVID New Mexico, uh, post-COVID Texas and some of the other others, we're seeing some uh, good stats coming out of people saying they're going to return to church after COVID. Now, we've talked about this. We've got a number of folks. uh, I think your church has maybe a few more than we do, but some that are like, you know, I'm on the sidelines for right now. I'm going to get, you know, at first it was, we'll get the the rates to come down. Then it was like, you know, if we uh, get the, uh, what's the deal, the the positivity rate going down. Then it was, if we get the, the vaccine, then, you know, we'll kind of see what, what, what happens. But uh, we've had strong attendance really from the beginning of it all the way to now. And so it hasn't really affected us like it has others. But this is great news because we've had the episode before about our church is going to survive. And so maybe this gives a little kind of carrot on the end of the stick to say, hey, keep pushing through, keep trying to be smart Keep doing all of the stuff that you know to do because there is an army of people out there that are saying, we're coming back. We haven't left the church. We're not apostate. We just don't feel safe right now, but we are coming back. And uh, and so there's a little quote here in the article by Aaron Earls. Uh, They did a study of a thousand Protestant churches or church goers in the U.S., uh, Lifeway Research did, and uh, and they said that when COVID-19 is no longer an active threat to people's health, 91% of those people plan to attend in-person worship services at least as often as they did before the pandemic. And that includes almost a quarter, 23%, who plan to attend more than they did previously. And I think that's a good sign because they said when COVID-19 is no longer an active threat to people's health, 91% plan to come back at least like they did before. 23 say more, 23% of those say more. And that's a good sign. What What are your thoughts there? And why do you think that is? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That is encouraging. Um, I, I, 
I, the the question. So immediately, I have I have some questions, and uh, I guess my question is, how would people define um, COVID nineteen no longer being an active threat to people's health? Uh, you know, is that a certain level of vaccination as a as a nation? Um, you know, so so that would be my that would be my first question on that is what and and as far as I can tell in this article they didn't define that so they may have just left that up to you know for each each respondent to decide yes yeah, sure whenever I feel like it's no longer a threat I'll I'll be back um, and 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 I'm encouraged by the by the 91 percent I hope that's true um, I there, there's a part of me that's concerned that that's um, kind of like the the New Year's resolutions of a virus, right? That, oh man, you know, yeah, after, after the first of the year, boy, I'm going to eat right and I'm going to get in shape, you know? So, so yeah, when it's, when this is over, yeah, we're going to get back into church and, and maybe, maybe you have as well uh, in all my years of ministry, uh, you know, for some folks that got busy with something else, we, we constantly hear the, um, the old oh, pastor, you know, when things slow down, we're going to get back into church. Um, and so I wonder if this is kind of the, the virus version of that when, when COVID is over, you know, yeah, we're going to, we're going to come back to church. So, uh, I, I am encouraged that it was 91% who said that, um, I, I I'm a bit skeptical, I guess, that, that, that would actually, that, that we're actually going to see those numbers return. Yeah. And I guess one, one question is how, how many people, especially as a Christian wants to openly say, I ain't coming back. Yeah. I'm not coming back <laughs> like, to church. I'm tired of that church. I ain't coming back. But there were some that said something of that effect. There six percent yeah. of those a thousand people said they're going to attend less than before. Now that takes some guts to say, I'm gonna put down on this this yeah. paper. I'm a follower of Christ, but man, I was going to church too much. I ain't going anymore. And then two percent say they're going to rarely attend. And then one percent of those a thousand people say they are going to stop attending in-person services completely. Yeah. And, and even though that's only a few in terms of a thousand, that's still enough to say, you know, you, you put that across right. America, that's a number of people that say, you know, we're done with church. And so, right. you know, that's when we can, you know, we, we could banter about why that might be, were they upset that their church particularly said, you know, we're, we're going to go drive in, or we're going to do online, or were they upset that they continued to have services, or maybe they were upset because they came one day and they had a mask on, nobody else did, so they're not coming back ever again. Uh, you know, what What might that reason be if somebody says, you know, I'm done with in-person church? And maybe it's not as nefarious in, in the sense of maybe they just say, I like the fact that I can get up in the morning brew a pot of coffee, sit on my couch and do the online services. And, uh, and so I, I know a number of pastors that have said, you know, the live stream is going to end. Like we're going to do this for now for, you know, to help our people, especially as this is the major threat for a while. But then once that's over, we're going back to the way we did it before where maybe we have the sermon available the next day on sermon audio or something like that. And, and I get that understanding, I guess, if you see something like this to say, you know, I'm, I'm not going in person ever again. Like, I didn't really like those people anyway. I like, <laughs> I like being at home, <laughs> having my breakfast, being in my, you know, my SpongeBob pajamas and, and that kind of deal. And, you know, we're joking about it, but there, there's probably a mixture of those 1% that say, you know, I, I just, I would rather do this at home. Yeah. And, uh, and that's something that we as pastors are going to have to be intentional about saying, hey, look, this online deal is good. God has used it in some amazing ways, 
but it does not replace the local church gathering. And and I think we talked about something similar before where this landed on, uh, I think when I was ending second John, when we talked about something similar to this, that now at the end of third John, which is this Sunday, of course, we're recording this early, uh, but this Sunday we're landing on third John again, where he talks about, I, I, I could write, but I would rather be with you face to face. And so I took some time and in my introduction to talk about what really is fellowship. You know, what, what is this local church gathering that we have? What is the value behind truly being face-to-face? It's not here talking about the weather. It's not having a cup of coffee. It's not going out to eat. There is more to it. And you, of course, wrote a book about it. Uh, they devoted themselves. Uh, so, so you're the expert in it. Uh, but, but, you know, what is this value that we want to share? Like, hey, we get that you can do it at home, but what is the benefit of coming together? And, and I think we, we know what that benefit is, but we have to kind of sell our people on it. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, we had, we had streamed our services on Facebook live for a while. Um, mostly because we had, we had some homebound folks that, and they would join in, uh, that way. And so, uh, but, you know, never expected that to be a, um, replacement for the in-person gathering uh, because um, there's there's fellowship that happens when you're in the room with other believers. There is there's a different kind of worship that happens when you're gathered with uh, believers in in the same room. And uh, you know, well, we, we've talked before. We're, we're both certainly grateful for the technology that allowed us to continue uh, proclaiming the gospel. That allowed us to continue connecting with. Uh, our people during this time, but there is nothing that replaces being in the room with other believers. And, and I was reminded of that just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we had a couple who came back for the first time since we shut down in, uh, March 15th of 2020, because uh, they were both immunocompromised. They had some, some health issues and uh, they finally, both of them got their first or the, both of them got their second doses of their vaccine. So they were completely vaccinated and they felt comfortable coming back to church and, and just the joy on their face when they walked in the building for the first time in a year, I had seen them once. Uh, I mean, they, even to the point they said, please don't come see us. You know, we're, we're basically just kind of isolating in our, in our house. Um, they, they came by and the husband picked up a copy of my book. They devoted themselves available on amazon.com. Um, and uh, uh, yeah. so, so, so he had come by and picked that up uh, back before Christmas. And that was the only time I, I actually saw them in, in person. And uh, then to see, like I said, just to see their faces light up when they walked in the door, you, you could tell that that was something they had not uh, received that they had not experienced by worshiping with us online. Yeah. And uh, we, we had a similar story, a a family here that I think I talked about before. In fact, I think it was when we were wrapping up that second John and and talking about, I I wish I could write, but I would rather be with you face to face, that kind of deal. And, uh, and so had a chance to kind of drive that home again. And they came back that Sunday and were just in tears in, in a good way. You know, sometimes you see people crying, you're like, oh no, what did I say? But they, they had been so moved and so missing these people and finally decided we're not going to let fear 
uh, drive our lives and uh, we're going to be safe. We're going to keep our distance. We're going to do all of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we have to get back to living our life. And part of that life revolves around this church. And so we want to be a part of it. But one of the neat things that came out of this study, though, is that in 2019, less than half of churchgoers said they had never watched a live stream church service. So so half of our people had never seen a live stream. Of course, none of our people did because we've never done live stream until this. We did sermon audio, so we, we would have some that have done that. Uh, but only 14 say they haven't watched a live stream now. And uh, and so, you know, we've seen that move online. And uh, But again, if, if you've got some, this 1% or, or a few percent that are saying, we're not going to go back, or, or it's only going to be a little, uh, we, we need to also share the value of coming back together for true corporate worship. Online church is great when you're traveling. I love being able to to, to go back and check on another service or, or whatever I've loved on Sunday, being able to tune in and listen to Cameron Triggs down at Grace Orlando or Herb Revis is probably one of my favorite pastors right now. I love hearing him preach and, uh, and kind of move my way through, listen to you spit out your nonsense for a little bit and uh, because y'all are a little before us. And, and so it's fun, uh, but, and it's a helpful tool, but we want to make sure that that doesn't become a replacement. And uh, so it's been a stopgap during this, this time. Uh, but as we begin to wind down, I have some good news uh, coming out of Southwestern. If you did not see the news this week, there is a brand new volume available from Southwestern Seminary's Seminary Hill Press. Now, they've been doing this legacy series. I can't quite remember what the name of it, legacy or classic series. They've gone back and done doctrine in the Bible or Baptist in the Bible and so forth. Well, they've got a brand new one out, and it's now out, the B.H. Carroll Pulpit. Now, I claim to be a B.H. Curl impersonator. I was growing the hair for a little while, but now I just have the beard. Uh, but this is a collection of 40 sermons and addresses from the founding president of Swibbits. And so in this volume, it's it's uh, edited by Dr. Greenway. Uh, you've got some reprints of sermons. You've got some of the different works that he had with Baptists in their doctrine or evangelistic sermons. Uh, there's also some more messages from Carol's time as a pastor of First Waco and as a president of Southwestern Seminary. And so it's really a goldmine of just some gems of this guy. And, and you can get the passion of doctrine that he had the passion of evangelism that he had, and a great encouragement. Of course, he didn't ultimately write it. He's dead. Uh, but uh, Adam Greenway has put it all together in a great volume that's over 300 pages. And when he told me that, Dr. Greenway sent me a message about how long it was. I said, dude, that's nothing. That's like half of not another heresy. And you know what this joker said in reply? He said, but it's better. And I, oh. I was so offended by that. But it's true. And uh, and so you can find this, the B.H. Carroll Pulpit, collection of 40 sermons and addresses from the founding president of Swibbits at seminaryhillpress.com. And while you're there, you can also grab Dockery's uh, Baptist in the Bible or the Doctrine of the Bible. Uh, and what was the other Baptist in the Bible? I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. It's another one the, of the, the Doctrine of the Bible. Yeah, Doctrine of the Bible by Dockery. And Baptists in the Bible. Yeah, and then yeah. Baptists in the Bible is by Bush and Nettles. And both yes. of those are great 
Uh, great copies. Uh, I love the covers. They're simple, but they're beautiful. Uh, and while you're there, you can also pick up Everyday Evangelism, which is a phenomenal read that is in its third printing. It has done wow. so well. And uh, so a lot of great stuff coming out of Seminary Hill Press. And so if you want that B.H. Carroll pulpit, uh, grab it at seminaryhillpress.com. Uh, as we wind down, uh, Kyle, hopefully your people come back. You know, you're such a great preacher. You're engaging. You're a great communicator. You've got a weird shaped head. But other than that, there's no reason for them to not come back. And uh, hopefully 90% of your people do. Hopefully more than that. Uh, but uh, we look forward to post-COVID, whatever that is. Until then, keep pursuing your people. Keep loving on those that are coming. Uh, but don't let those that are not coming fall through the cracks. Reach out, send, send them a text, a letter, a call. If, if they're comfortable with it, of course, Kyle mentioned there's some that aren't. Go out and visit. Uh, but don't let anybody fall through the cracks. As a pastor, you're ultimately the shepherd for all of your people. And, uh, and so continue to pursue them. Kyle, send us out. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?